all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, here we are, Southern Remedy for Women. It's the show all about addressing issues of health and wellness from a women's perspective. I'm Dr. Allie Brown. I'm a surgical pathologist. I'm in today for Dr. Michelle Owens, who is out in warmer parts of the world. Uh, Karen Brown is also out today. So today it's me and our special guest, Laura Hartline, who is a registered dietitian and nutritionist at Weight Loss Solutions at St. Dominic. A hospital here in Jackson, Mississippi. She also does private consulting through her company, Heart Health Consulting. Clever, H-A-R-T, Health, <laughs> like her last name. If you guys want to call and ask any questions or have a comment about diet and nutrition, the number is one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, Or send an email to women at mpbonline.org. Org. Good morning, good, Laura. Good morning, Allie. <laughs> Thank you for having me here. You bet. And for those of you that don't live in the Jackson area, we are having a insane snowfall today, which we never have. I mean, sometimes it's, we have a dusting, but this is like real snow. This is the real deal. So we are warriors out here uh, in, in the snow while our kids are at home making little snowmen and stuff. Oh, yeah. Playing in the snow. And we're up here working. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which is, of course, a pleasure, so, but the snow is fun. Yeah, it right? is fun. But it's more fun up here. Well, it's fun to see our kids who are Southerners to the core, right, go out and they're like, what is this stuff? Right. It's, it's wild. But th- this will go down in history as Snow Day 2017. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right. Well, Laura, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, about where you're from and about your training? Okay. I am from Jackson, Mississippi, born and raised. Um, I went to, I graduated high school from Jackson Academy in 2000. Went on to study at Ole Miss, University of Mississippi in Oxford, got my degree in nutrition and uh, decided to pursue my master's and follow through with the internship and become a registered dietitian at Southern Miss. Uh, Got married uh, to Denton Hartline, who's actually from here. He's a bulldog, though, <laughs> so house divided. Mm-hmm. And um, we ha- we live in Madison right now, and we have two children and one on the way. So that's a little bit about myself. Awesome. So that was a question I kind of had. You know, even as a physician, I've heard a lot about dietitians. I understand the importance of dietitians. But I have to say I've never really been clear on what does it take to become a dietitian. So you m- mentioned it's a master's program. Yeah, well, it's some of them are master's programs. There are a few that you can just complete your internship where at Southern Miss, our internship is one year non-paid and that one year can count towards your master's. And so I just went ahead and finished it and got my master's degree, which is good to have. Um, But the program itself is you get, you know, you go a, a bachelor's degree in science and then with an emphasis in nutrition, then you pursue your internship, do that a year. And if you want to finish your master's, you can. So 
And then you have to take the exam to become a oh, registered dietitian. There's always an exam. There's always an exam. Right? There's always a test at the end. Always. I'm going to go ahead and give the number out one more time. It's one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. If your fingers are thawed out by now, you can dial it on the phone or email women at mpbonline.org. So some... What are the most common things that a dietitian does? Like what, when you go practice as a dietitian, what, what is the usual route, if there is one? There, you got the clinical, a clinical dietitian. Um, there's a lot of outpatient dietitian. I work with um, weight loss at St. Dominic. I've been there for 10 years. And we actually, Healthy Weight Advantage, we paired with weight loss solutions with the bariatric program. So you can do that. There's menu planning. There's um, all sorts of different things. Renal, you can go in and be a dietitian, a renal dietitian. Um, so outpatient, inpatient. And, you know, my first job I took was at Mississippi State Hospital working with Valley at Whitfield. And I did, did nursing homes. I was there a year and a half. And I always loved the teaching component and the prevention. And so when the job came open at St. Dominic, I got on it. Yeah, a lot yeah. of opportunity, particularly mm-hmm. here in Mississippi, as we know, we have an obesity epidemic mm-hmm. going on, you know, all over the country, but very much so. Sixty-seven percent, or of Americans are overweight or obese. So yeah, that's crazy. It's, it's huge. So we're busy all the time. And I feel like. Um, a lot of times people focus more on joining a gym or exercising and then they don't think as much about the eating, going to see a dietitian or getting help with what they're putting in. So I would say you got to eat less, move more. But the eat less part is uh, something I think that people miss sometimes. And it's that it's it's really they dieting is per, perceived as eating less. But what people need to focus on is eating more of the healthy foods to crowd out the unhealthy foods. And in order for you not to feel deprived, filling your body up every few hours with the right amount of protein, fat, and carb is going to keep your blood sugar stable and keep you from overeating at the next meal, which helps with portion control. Um, And with our man-made food, obviously, uh, lots of chemicals, artificial sweeteners, you know, it does our gut wrong and makes us crave the wrong foods. And we just have poor eating habits, you know. So changing the first step, knowing doesn't equal doing. And so the first step is to get out and practice a healthy lifestyle. It's behavior modification. And Which is so hard getting people. I mean, I include myself in this. I don't eat as healthily as I should, if that's a word. Mm-hmm. But it, it does take a lifestyle change. It takes real behavior modification, which, as you know, for sure, is the hardest thing to do to get people to change the way they behave. It is the hardest. Um, and, you know, 70 percent of it's what you're eating, 30 percent. Yes, we need exercise. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the early 1900s, we were hunter and gatherers. We were not anymore. <laughs> right. You know, we can pull up anywhere. Now we can go to the checkout, the check. What's it called at Kroger? Oh, the yeah, the yeah. click list, well, the click list and pull up and get your groceries, which is helpful for some, yeah. you know. But anyway, we just got to get out and get moving more, you know, and make excuses to move more. And people think they have to go to the gym. For hours at a time. Right. Really, you just need 30 to 45 minutes. So most days of the week. (laughs) Yeah. So eat right instead of eat less. Eat right, move more. Yeah. Eat right, move more. And I think you're making a great point. And we should talk about this a bit more because, yeah, when people think of a diet, they think of starving themselves. And I think kind of the old school diets kind of that we thought of years back, that's what people did, right? They just kind of uh, drank one shake and then waited eight hours. You know, I think about those horrible slim fast cans and stuff. It was not about 
being smart about what you were putting in your body. It was just putting less in. Putting less in. And when you put less in, less volume, what are you going to do? And when you go longer than two to three hours without eating, what do you crave? Your blood sugars drop. And whatever you, is there. Whatever is there. It doesn't <laughs> matter. And it's usually not going to be a salad. It's probably going to be something high fat, high calorie, because the human body is going to crave fat and sugar, you know, so you don't want to get it to that point. So you got to have a little bit of fat and a little bit of carb mm-hmm. and a little bit of protein all at once. And it's just teaching people how um, what. To distinguish good fat from bad fat and um, good carbs from bad carbs and learning how to eat it, eat it together every few hours. So, you know, choosing an apple is a great snack, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. But people don't understand they need to pair that with protein and fat. So some all natural peanut butter. Mm -hmm. Or almond butter would be a good, you know, fit for that. And that will keep your blood sugar stable, keep you fuller fuller longer. Whereas if you just ate the apple, it's still sugar. Um, You eat the apple 30 minutes later, 45 minutes later, you're craving more sugar. So Uh you got to off balance it with the the protein and fat. I thought I was doing the right thing eating that apple, but you're right. Well, you are doing the right thing by eating the apple. (laughs) It's high volume, low calorie, fiber, water, vitamins, minerals. An Uh apple a day keeps the doctor away. So we were told. Right, right. My little boy believes that and he eats one every day. <laughs> um, but pairing it with protein and fat is key. So that is what the missing link is. And getting people to eat like that is difficult. But once they start, they feel so much better. And well, then our culture is not eating small meals multiple times a day. It is sitting down for a family meal, like eating and then going and doing whatever you want, or even working through lunch. I mean, we've all done that. It's like, I didn't eat lunch today. I was so busy. Then when you get home, you just want to eat everything that is there. It's, oh, yeah. And then you can't right. quit. You say so you, you go right. from you eat a lot, eat lunch at 12, let's say. Then you go, you're busy at work and you forget to eat. And then you don't eat again until six or seven. But then you can't quit until you go to bed and then it becomes a habit, you know, because you're going to your body is making up. So more is better, more and then more frequently is better and sooner is better, meaning you need to eat within an hour of waking up to get the metabolism going. And I always tell my patients to start off the minute you roll out of bed, start off with eight ounces of water. Your body is 70 percent water. Okay, Mm -hmm. so that will boost your metabolism. Studies show up to 15 percent and then um, then eat within an hour, an hour and a half of waking up. And if you can do that and then stay on a schedule of eating every few hours, you know, you people that do need to lose weight will start to shed the pounds and then it will help you to keep the weight off long term. So that's what. Water is super important. I always feel dehydrated in the morning, but Mm -hmm. we all are probably right. We all are. You haven't drunk anything because you've been sleeping yeah hopefully yeah especially if you had a glass of wine the night before especially if you had a glass of wine the (laughs) night before or beer yeah right (laughs) well I definitely want to get back and talk about this more what what is a healthy breakfast a lot of people just grab something to go or they skip breakfast right people skip breakfast all the time we're going to talk about that as soon as we get back from our first break Okay. So, guys, call in. The number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four to talk about issues that you have with nutrition, tips and tricks maybe that you've had that have been successful for you, or if you have any questions uh, for Laura Hartline, she is a registered dietitian. It's a great opportunity you have to ask this expert some questions about diet. This is a Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Southern Remedy for Women, the show all about addressing issues of health and wellness from a women's perspective. I'm Dr. Allie Brown, sitting in today for Dr. Michelle Owens. Our guest today, Laura Hartline, registered dietitian and nutritionist from Weight Loss Solutions at St. Dominic and from Heart Health Consulting. We're very glad to have Laura here today, particularly during the holidays where we're definitely not eating right. National eating season. <laughs> National eating season. <laughs> I like that. We Before we went to break, we were talking about breakfast. Yes. So let's talk about it. People skip breakfast. People grab like a breakfast bar. You mentioned drinking water when you first get up. What about coffee with artificial sweetener? Give us the whole rundown on tips and tricks and flaws that people make when they're eating breakfast. Okay. <clears throat> we'll start with the artificial sweetener. Okay. okay. This is my opinion. So right. <laughs> um, artificial sweeteners with the latest research that I have read, they're the best one to consume. If you are to choose a sugar substitute would be stevia because it's natural from a plant. Um, Splenda, the rest of those, anything in moderation is, mm-hmm. is fine. But I encourage my patients to, if they are consuming artificial sweeteners, to just back off a little bit. Because even though your body is getting the no calories, you're still going to crave more carbs, okay? So Splenda, which I guess is sucralose, and then aspartame and um, equal, they the sweetener is so much sweeter than sugar that your taste buds get that kick and then you're never satisfied and so think about it when in the 80s when fat free became popular evil fat free evil fat free (laughs) that's when the obesity epidemic really started creeping um the sugar substitutes were making or the sugar and the sugar substitutes were making people crave more sugar okay Mm -hmm. so if you were to ask me which one's better to put in your coffee honestly Try to go black, which I am I'm black now. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. I wasn't black for a long time. Usually I drank it with just a little bit of um, sugar and milk. But I would say honey. Oh. Or there's also, you could do just sugar in the raw, a little bit of sugar. Mm-hmm. One teaspoon of sugar is four calories. You're going to burn that off by the time, you know, you finish your coffee. Well, you say take it black. What about the milk or the cream? Is that not good? Well, you can you can put a little bit of cream in it or milk. Um, the best would be organic milk over, you know, the cream. Uh, but really, it's the artificial sweeteners that I try to tell people to be careful with. And when my patients on our program do consume the artificial sweeteners, they end up wanting more Mm -hmm. and more and they're hungrier. And you'll notice if you wean yourself off of a lot of sugar and off the artificial sweeteners, you don't crave sugar that much. So yeah, definitely. You're making yourself become more deprived. So that's what I would say about with the coffee. Breakfast Balance breakfast, okay? When I say protein, fat, and carb, let's talk about this. Eggs, okay? Eggs are healthy. They're great. The yolk is fine. Latest research, <laughs> the yolk does not raise your lipids. So we should be good there. Um, but you How know, many all, eggs? All, right? Always <laughs> listen to your physician, though. The yeah. physician knows more than, than I do. But um, one to two eggs would be good. You know, you get one egg, about four or five grams of protein. So if you had two, that would be 10 Uh 
you can, if you were to do sausage, nitrate free. I get the Applegate brand in the organic section at Kroger. Um, you know, be careful with that because it's high in saturated fat and salt, of course. Uh, but always, so your eggs, you have your protein, you have a little bit of fat, pair it with some fruit. Mm-hmm. A cup of strawberries, blueberries for your antioxidants. And so there you go. You got the protein, fat, carb balance. Bowl of cereal. Same thing. You get your protein from what in cereal? The milk. Okay. But milk also has what in it? Sugar. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it kind of balances itself out. Not to mention the cereal's got that sugar in it. So try to do more (laughs) of a higher protein cereal like Kashi or Cascadian Farms or something like that. And then, of course, add the fruit on top of it. Still cut oats are great. Um, Oatmeal is great. So just always trying. I teach my patients just to look at foods as protein, fat, and carb. Make sure they're getting all three in the right amount. That's great. Well, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and get, although I see the phone lines are <clears throat> are active, they're lighting up, I want to give, go ahead and give out the number anyway again. So guys, call us in, one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. I keep saying guys, and it's a women's show, but as everyone knows, we love to get calls from our guys too. <laughs> so it's sh- as Dr. Owens always said, it's a show about women's health and the people who love them. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> so what about... If you're on the go, I mean, uh, uh, cooking eggs and sausage, you know, getting fresh fruit. I mean, it sounds like it takes some time. Uh, What about for those busy folks, people trying to get the kids off and then getting to work? Excellent. Um, What you would do is, okay, protein smoothies. Those would be good. Okay, so you can make protein smoothies ahead of time. Uh, You can actually put them in your freezer. We sell some at Weight Loss Solutions. They have plant-based you know, protein mm-hmm. shakes at Whole Foods. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of good ones out there. You pair that with some fruit. You can freeze them and thaw them out the morning before. So that makes it quick and easy. Mm-hmm. And then um, protein bars, you know, you could do one of those. Uh, I like, you know, the Kashi and the Cascadian Farms. But uh, I, I like to encourage people to eat real food, you know. Right. But having those options at home to grab and go is good. Better you know, than nothing. Better than nothing. And what I encourage my patients to do is to always wash their fruits and vegetables and go ahead and package them themselves. So yes. your strawberries meal and Meal prep. Meal prep. It's all about meal prep. And it just, when you get home from the grocery store, I know it's, mm-hmm. you've been in the grocery store for an hour. Take 20 minutes, go ahead and wash it all, and go ahead and get, I put my fresh vegetables in a container, pre, you know, portion out your fruit, so that's easy to grab. Yeah, that, we'll talk more about that in a second. I do want to, because I think that is huge. I want to go to the phone lines. We have Wayne calling from Crystal Springs. Wayne? Good morning. Hey, Wayne, good morning. Thank you for calling. What's yeah, your question uh, for us? My wife has uh, watched the China study or read the China study and she uh, is uh, trying to get us on board for her vegetarian diet and I'm just curious what since you've got all that education uh, behind you what is the uh, university basically saying about the China study or something similar to that you know some other type of documentaries on on the type of foods that we're putting in our bodies. Okay, well, to answer your question, the China study I'm not really familiar with, but if it is a vegan diet, um, that would be, you know, just vegetables and fruits and whole grain. You could do whole grains, um, you know, limiting saturated fat, animal product, and, you know, there are benefits to following that type of diet. I have seen with the American diet especially, we have a lot of autoimmune issues going on, and I feel like 
from what I've seen and read, a lot of that has to do with the foods that Americans are eating. It's causing, uh, you know, your gut to the bacteria to get out of whack and get leaky gut and causing these immune you know, problems. And so a vegan diet would be the way to go when it comes to that. And for weight loss, you know, you could do that. I'm, I practice the 80, 20 rule where 80, 20, 80% of my life, I try to choose wisely and eat a high volume of fruits and vegetables and 20% I enjoy myself. So as far as the China, the study, the, the diet that you are going to do, is it for weight loss or uh, medical? Um, I, well, my father passed away from uh, um, colon cancer, and I, you know they say that the meat is a possible um, causation of that. And you know, I, I guess the weight loss would be nice too. <laughs> oh yeah, and that is correct. The red meat, especially, is pretty bad for the gut you know um in moderation would be fine if you if you if i had somebody in my family die of colon cancer i would you know be careful with it as well but you know that's why the american heart association recommends you know red meat no more than one to two times a week america most americans are eating it at least four times a week so that's and where we get our b12 you know, just from fruits and vegetables and whole grains, that's where okay. you would get your B12. And I, I actually encourage a, uh, you know, people to take a good whole foods-based multivitamin, to, especially the older we get, you know, to get extra. But if you're eating lots of fruits and vegetables and a clean diet, you should be pretty good. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, that's a great. I mean, you hear all these different diets now. People are. I have a niece who just became a vegan, you know, and uh, she wants to to lose weight, and she's she's actually enjoying it a lot. But you don't think about like then you can't have anything dairy. Yeah, if you, well, it depends on what if you're a vegan. True vegan sure, right? Yeah, true. I guess vegetarian versus vegan versus. There's, there's all these weird names now for it. Every permutation of oh yeah there's lacto vegan lacto ovo so some can have milk some can have eggs you know so some can have chicken so anyway it just depends and it is a vegan diet is beneficial for your health but if you don't have any underlying issues and you're pretty healthy moderation i believe is 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 fine yeah everything in moderation as we talked about before but definitely the more fruits and vegetables the better thanks for calling wayne all right so we got to breakfast. Mm-hmm. So now we're at midday and we're, we're getting hungry. We don't want to wait till lunchtime, right? That's right. not what we're supposed to be doing. Right. Remember, the rule is to not go more than three hours. Without three hours. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you ate breakfast at seven, you need something by 10. Good mid-morning snacks. Okay. Good snacks to choose from. Okay. Like we talked about earlier, the apple with, mm-hmm. with peanut butter. Okay. Uh, How much peanut butter are we talking? The whole jar. I'm kidding. (gasps) (laughs) That'd be awesome. Um, One one to two tablespoons at the most and get an all natural. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's almond butter. There's cashew. I know there's people that have certain nut allergies, but there's a lot of different nut butters out there. A handful of the nuts with a piece of fruit. Mm -hmm. Every mid-morning at 10 a.m., pretty much 90% of my life, I have a banana with peanut butter. It's my favorite snack. Uh, hummus with raw mm-hmm. vegetables is a good one. Once again, a meal replacement protein bar or a smoothie would be good. Greek yogurt. Mm-hmm. For those that are lactose intolerant, you could do, there is uh, a coconut milk yogurt, a coconut yogurt that you could do. Um, there's also 
you know, the almond yogurt. Yeah. Yeah. Like the almond milk uh, derived yogurts. Right. Uh-huh. You could do those. You could do, let's see, what else? Fruit with nuts, cheese, and triscuits. Oh, I like cheese and crackers. Cheese and crackers. I'm getting hungry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's time for the snack. Me I mean, too. We're, we're, I know. I thought, they were, I thought they were bringing us a snack. <laughs> right, exactly. No, that's not how we roll. Yeah. So but, that would be something good. To oh, we, eat for we have snack. another caller on the line. Okay. We have Nancy calling from the coast. Hey, Nancy. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, ma'am. Uh, thank you for your program. Uh, I was calling to ask can you give some suggestions for people who are diabetic about. Um, um, what are good breakfasts to have and good other meals uh, and or can you give me some references for passing that on to my son? I sure can. So the way that I teach patients to eat is basically everybody needs to eat like they have diabetes anyway because people think that just because you have diabetes you can't have sugar. It's making sure you get the right amount every few hours paired with protein and fat. So a good breakfast would be eggs and a cup of fruit. You wouldn't be able, you know, for a diabetic to eat just fruit. You know, you got to pair it with that protein and fat. Um, So eggs, you could even do a Greek yogurt and put fruit in there yourself. So that would be a good, you know, Greek yogurt is very, very high in protein. And then you get a little bit of sugar from the fruit. You get your antioxidants, your vitamins, your minerals. It helps you stay full. Um, you could also do oatmeal and, but it's all about portion control too. You know, if you ate two cups of oatmeal, that's going to be carb heavy. So you would have to, you know, eat uh, half a cup of cooked oatmeal with, um, some milk. And then with oatmeal and any kind of grain like cereal, I like to pair like a boiled egg with it for more protein. So that would help. So that would be a good breakfast for somebody with, with diabetes. So diabetics don't stay totally away from sugar. No. I mean, they need to have some in their diet. They need to have a it's little bit. It's all about what they're having with it. Right. It's all about what they're having with it and as long as they how much i guess and how much right usually depending on their medications and if it's type 2 type 1 they will or in what time you know if they're taking oral or insulin but usually for meals around 30 grams at the most of carb total um snacks 15 to 20 grams pair that with some protein you're good to go now if you ate the third if you ate 30 to 45 grams of sugar with no protein and fat that's not good so it's pairing it and then of course for diabetics they need to be eating every three hours just like everybody else so i teach everybody to eat like that whether you have diabetes or not so essentially all the recommendations you're making on the show today are most of them at least are applicable toward diabetics as well yep you're right towards diabetics as well does that help nancy does that answer your question nancy Nancy? Nancy, you got the radio on in the background. (laughs) Well, we have to take our break anyway. We'll say bye to Nancy. So we're going to move to our second break of the hour. Uh, We'll be back just after this. We'll be moving throughout the rest of the day. We got a question uh, percolating from a a, um, caller about butter versus margarine. So let's think on that during the break. We'll be right back with Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. We are back on Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. This is Dr. Allie Brown. I'm here with my guest, Laura Hartline, a registered dietitian and nutritionist. This is your chance to call in and ask her those burning questions you have about what you're going to eat. I know everybody's got questions about that. I, every time we go to the break, I'm asking her like 10,000 questions. I should save them for them on the air. Everybody's playing in the snow today. <laughs> Everyone's playing in the snow. Go ahead and call it one eight seven seven mpb ring That's 877-672-7464. You can also send an email to women at mpbonline.org. So we were talking about snacks. We talked, we had someone call in about asking about what diabetics eat. And I love what you said. We should all eat like a diabetic every three hours, balanced, not just carbs, but make sure you're having healthy fats and proteins, uh, not too many carbs, that's for sure. Someone did call in and ask us to, 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 to comment on butter versus margarine. Okay. What's your feel? I know, I somehow already feel like I know what you're going to say, but go on and say it. <laughs> well, margarine is, fake <laughs> hydrogenated oils and so I would recommend butter over margarine now I would not recommend consuming a lot of butter because it is saturated you know so anything that's saturated fat you know it's going to be more solid at room temperature doing the same thing you know in your arteries so when you are cooking it's best to, you know olive oil would be a better choice you know or you know some sort of plant-based oil that's liquid at room temperature coconut oil it has a little bit of saturated fat as well so be careful with that one but if when it comes to butter over margarine i am a firm believer that butter is better than margarine that goes back also to the uh, the kind of the eighties and stuff of when we're talking about all this processed synthetic food where and a lot of us grew up then or were young adults then or whatever and we we learned oh fat free is good right these I used to love those snack well cookies and I thought how can these be healthy this is awesome I'll eat the whole box no that's bad yeah and also the margarine versus the butter that all came big into play remember the little parquet guy that oh, says yeah. parquet yeah right? <laughs> so, well, and then this is what I tell people if your great great grandfather or grandmother would not know what that ingredient was, <laughs> then it's probably not good for you to consume. Right. So try to stick with less than seven ingredients. You so, know, yeah, we're really coming butter's back. Butter's just better. Yeah, butter's just better. <laughs> you know, the food pyramid has changed. It has changed. It's always changing. So I mean. I still believe with grains, you know, there are a lot of gluten intolerances going on. And there's some people that think if it says gluten-free, it's healthy, even though they don't even know what gluten is. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, just to be careful with anything, once again, goes back to moderation and eating more of, you know, a little bit of the good carbs versus the, I hate to say bad, but the empty carbs, you know, so, mm -hmm. but your whole grains are still good for you. And if you aren't, if you don't have celiac disease or you're not gluten sensitive, you know, in moderation, having some whole wheat bread or brown rice, I mean, excuse me, not brown rice, but whole wheat, you know, pasta would be a better choice, you know, but six servings like the food pyramid says the food pyramid or the food, you know, the food plate now is what it is. 
is based on 2,000 calories a day. I mean, if you're a... Let's talk about that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what you always hear, 2,000 calories a day. But yeah. how how can I have the same calorie requirement as my you, husband who weighs more than I do? You can. And so when my patients come to me and they, you know... I, put them on a weight loss plan and we set goals it's not one size fits fits all you know it depends on the individual it depends on their bone size their age their gender their activity fat you know so and that determines their maintenance calories so i usually calculate their basal metabolic rate um, for their maintenance calories and if they need to lose we'll go below that and we won't focus on calories we'll focus on whole foods so let's talk about that a little more in a second because we have a caller on the line kimberly is calling from Mobile. Hey, Kimberly. Hey. Do you have a question or a comment for Laura, our registered dietitian? Yes, I do. And this is back on the, the butter subject. Um, I've heard other dietit- dietitians mention G. G H E E is full of saturated fat, but they say it's really good for you. Can, can you talk to me about that? Honestly, I have never heard of G. Um, but oh, yeah, wow. I know. Well, <laughs> it, 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 is it man-made? <laughs> uh, yes, yes, it is. And and if you you know, I've I've gotten some, and I read you know the benefits of it, and the benefits of it seems to be really good, but it's sort of saturated fat. And I'm like, okay, so what's the difference between this fat and the fat from butter? <laughs> right. Well, it is. Um, a, you know clarify it is a type of butter and butter is high in saturated fat as well so both the serving size on g and butter would be one tablespoon you know people when they do eat butter most americans are eating three tablespoons versus one at a sitting so but it originated it's kept at like room temperature i mean you can keep it at room temperature for a very long time or in the refrigerator oh okay but technically butter too you can keep butter outside the refrigerator you can Mm mm-hmm but G, that's interesting. Um, but it it. Yeah, we're looking at what G is right now. Yeah, so it, it is looks, a butter derived. It is thing. butter derived. So, but out of um, Southern Asia, the Middle East, the Middle East, they're pretty healthy over there. So <laughs> it should be good. It should be a better alternative. But once again, it's hot. <laughs> yeah, it'll affect your pocketbook, right? right. <laughs> but look, yeah. both butter and G are high in saturated fat. So when I was saying butter over margarine, you still have to practice portion control with it. You know, a lot of saturate, saturated fat is not good, you know, for the body. And actually, right. your total fat for the day should be about 30%, with 20% of that being your unsaturated fats, which, you know, your mono and polyunsaturated. So what are some examples of the good fats? Well, so your most Americans consume too many polyunsaturated fats. Mm-hmm. They're still liquid room temperature. The reason they're consuming too many poly, uh, where you're getting your omega six, is because they're eating a lot of fried foods. So, so po- so what is an example of something we're eating that's one of these poly fats? Well, so ve- like vegetable oils, okay. you know. So, uh, so, so your mono fats would be like your nut oils and your olive oil. So okay. to eat more of those, so try to stay and away from because ve- vegetable fish. oil sounds healthy, right? It's got vegetable in it, but well, it's not. <laughs> well, it's and it's not that it's bad. I mean, you can have a little bit of it we're just consuming too much of it because gotcha. we're eating too many fried foods you Got see it. what i'm saying so okay well thank you so much you're so welcome thanks I hope for that calling about g yeah. yeah i hope that answered your question moderation kimberly <laughs> it's still the butter fat i was just seeing it. it's it's without the milk solids and the water so right it's like concentrated fat so be careful <laughs> yeah be careful with that one thank you for your call okay so g 
G. G. Never heard of G. G. I'm, not, I'm I, sure they sell it when at, I, at the Whole Foods or oh, something. Oh, you know yeah. they sell it at Whole Foods. <laughs> I'm going to have to look it up when I go. Yeah, definitely. But that's what it looks like. It looks like it's actually the fat even more concentrated. Mm-hmm. So moderation. So so again, give us some examples of healthy fats. I've heard like avocado is a healthy Very fat, healthy. for example, like some good examples that people can be eating of healthy fats. So, um, of course, your nuts will be healthy fats, you know, almonds, cashews, and then they've got Every nut has a different amount of monounsaturated fat and saturated fat. So what are the better nuts to eat? So almonds and walnuts are Mm -hmm. the better, but, you know, all of them in moderation. I I get more of the almonds and the um, cashews and the walnuts. What's the appropriate portion size? Because I could sit there and eat the whole thing. One ounce. One ounce. So how much is one ounce? They say like... Like a hand, like in the palm of your hand, you know, one ounce. What I tell my patients to do is if you don't want to pay extra for the prepackaged nuts to get the nuts and get a handful and put them in little the snack ziploc bags oh here we are back on meal prep yeah and so then you can just easy grab grab that so if you're running out the door you can grab your ziploc bag of your mixed nuts you can put some craisins in there if you want to mm-hmm. um and then your apple or whatever else you're going to pair with it you know you can have nuts alone mm-hmm. this is what i tell my patients every carb needs a friend <laughs> I right. Like yeah. Okay. But protein, lonely. protein and fat, they don't need the carb, really. You know, so the carb is not necessary in your snack. It, it's really not. So You could just go on and have your pro, your protein and fat. You could. But I like to have volume. You mm-hmm. know, an apple mm-hmm. is going to fill you up yeah, a lot more will. with the nuts than just the you nuts. need the fiber. Right. right? You I need mean. the fiber and it's just water and fiber, you mm-hmm. know. And it's going to keep the doctor away. So, <laughs> And we were talking about water just before the show started. Give these people the rule of thumb that you have, because I am not drinking enough water, which I already knew. But Okay. Most American, even, oh, this is, a lot of people don't know this, but even if you're 1% dehydrated, 1%, that's nothing, that right? doesn't sound like very much, no. It can suppress your metabolism, 1%. So the number one thing to do, really, if you really want to change your, you know, if, if you wanted to lose weight, Look and see how much water you're drinking, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and rule of thumb, you take your weight in pounds. So let's pretend you're 200 pounds. And you divide that by two. And that's how many ounces you need. So if you weighed 200 pounds, you would need 100 ounces a day. That's a lot. It's a lot of water. But there's water naturally in foods, fruits and vegetables. Um, coffee can count, even though I know it's a diuretic and has caffeine, but it could count. Um, you wouldn't want to drink. 100 ounces of coffee, though. <laughs> you'll, but, be on, you'll be on fire. You'll have the most productive day of your life. Right. Yeah. And unsweet tea could count towards your water. So that you really probably get in more than you think, you know. Yeah. But I tell my patients to get in at least 64 ounces of plain water a day yeah. plus whatever else. It makes, you feel, it makes you feel good. That's for sure. Oh, it makes you feel so much better. Energy. If I'm not feeling sluggish, I can tell it's because I hadn't had enough yeah, water. Absolutely. You know? And it fills you up, you know. So it's I always tell my patients bef- at, at a restaurant, before you go, don't go to the restaurant hungry. Right. Just like you don't go to the grocery store hungry. And have a glass of water before your meal. And then, of course, fill up on fiber like a salad. Then eat your meal. And you're less likely to overindulge. The pre-restaurant salad. I love it. Yeah. We're going to go ahead and take our last break of the hour. <laughs> I never thought about that, but you're right. 
<laughs> this is a Southern Remedy for Women. I'm going to go ahead and give out the phone number. It is 877-MPB-RING. That's one 672 You can also email us at women at mpbonline.org. we got one segment left, so you have your, your chances winding down to talk about nutrition. Any questions you might have or you have you heard any myths that you want dispelled or wonder if it's true, these weird fad diets and stuff, let's talk about it. Give us a call. We'll be right back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Southern Remedy for Women. I'm Dr. Allie Brown filling in for Dr. Michelle Owens. Our guest today is Laura Hartline. She is a registered dietitian and nutritionist at St. Dominic, at the Weight Loss Solutions at St. Dominic, and also she has Heart Health Consulting, something she also does on the side. If you guys have any questions for her, this is your last chance to call. It's our last segment, one 672 That's one eight seven seven mpb ring or email us at women at mpbonline.org. We have a few calls that are still getting ready, uh, but... Just reflecting back on what you said about eating like a diabetic, so eating every few hours, making healthy choices about what you're going to eat, and it's just so important. Oh, wait, our call is ready now. Okay. And they're calling about a keto diet. Okay. Okay, you're like, yeah, I know. I know how that rolls. All right. Matt, calling from Canton. Hi. I'm sorry. Hey, Matt. Hey, how are you doing? (laughs) We're doing great. What's your question? Good. Uh, My question is... All about not necessarily the keto diet, but just a more, um, I guess, not necessarily meat um, intensive or fat intensive, but just eating more fats with vegetables because they're complex carbohydrates and how that affects everybody's diet. I mean, it's just, it seems like it's kind of a fad. Yeah, you hear about people measuring the ketones in their urine and wanting to be in, I mean, ever since the Atkins diet, right? Yeah, which. Yeah, and like it's a, but Atkins diet's funny because it's like um, you have to take, or even a keto diet's funny because you have to take supplements. And why is keto so important when you could eat all the meats and I guess fat, but also eat just regular vegetables instead of taking supplements? Because you're supplementing what the vegetables have, right? So, first of all, what are your feelings on this keto diet? I think it's great. It tastes oh. good. It feels. No, I was up. asking Laura, but that's okay. I'm glad you like it. <laughs> but from a but from a dietitian standpoint, is it healthy? I do not believe it can be healthy. They are showing that following lately a keto diet can you know increase your weight loss. But if everybody would change their diet and eat lots of fruits and vegetables, you know moderate uh, amounts of protein. Um, getting ch- getting more eating more chicken and fish over the red meat, you know, they will feel better. And so when people go from a diet of you know eating whatever they want, high fat, high calorie, you know, uh, 
and they don't feel good to changing drastically to a keto, you know, at first you may feel sluggish, but it, um, it can be hard on the body and it's hard on the, it's, the heart. It seems rather extreme always to it's, me. It's extreme. And so I think people, you know, people should do everything a little bit less drastic, you know, so there are, I mean, I've seen that there's benefits you know, for it. But I think that those keto diets are so high in fat and your body. Yes, you need fat. Fat is important, but I think that's a little too much fat. Well, thanks for calling, Matt. We're glad if you're having a a good, good results from the keto diet, but just be conscious for long-term decisions that it may be a more balanced diet could be more. I do have one more question. Okay, go ahead. Um, As far as cholesterol, I know there's been a lot of studies lately that saying high cholesterol is better for brain function um, versus a low cholesterol diet. Is that true? Well, yeah, I'm a firm believer in, you know, you got to look at your total cholesterol. You got to look at the breakdown. It depends on if your LDL, which is your low density, you know, lipoprotein, I could give you a whole thing on cholesterol. But yeah, cholesterol, you need, your body needs cholesterol. I mean, we would all be dead. Your liver is what makes cholesterol. But it just depends on if your HDL, which is your good cholesterol, is high enough to offset the, the bad cholesterol. So there's a, there's a ratio now that the physicians are looking at. Instead of looking at the total, they're looking at the breakdown. Um, you want to keep your triglycerides lower, and that's basically what you're eating. Mm-hmm. And then improve okay. your, increase your HDL, lower your LDL. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Well, thank you all so much. <laughs> Love what you all are doing. Oh, thanks, Matt. Day. Thanks for calling. We're going to go next to uh, Asis in Starkville. Asis in Starkville. Yeah, it's Asis. Oh, Asis. Thank you for calling. Uh-huh. What's your question? Yeah, I was just calling about, I heard the previous conversation about uh, the the one you had was about ghee. That's actually uh, ghee, not chi, the G-H-E-E. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was just wanted to clear that up so that okay. all the listeners could know about that. It's actually, yes, it's uh, from South Asia, and this is basically butter oil. Uh, so, yes, uh, you were right about that. It's actually more uh, concentrated and more fat <laughs> over there. But okay. just wanted to clear that up, that the pronunciation is ghee. And tea, a tea okay. like with a tea, like as in tango. Uh, no. Yes, no, no, it's key, like uh, key, uh, key. Yes, like what uh, you open a door with. Yeah, key. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank so, you. So the G pronunciation would be like key. So you well, come thank- at that like that. Thank you and, for calling. Yeah. And yes, and basically you could actually make it at home also from butter directly. All you have to do is put it on the stove and separate then, it out. Yeah, and then heat it up, and eventually it will become the butter oil. Oh, well, thank you for calling. But again, uh-huh. it's not like a healthy alternative to butter. It's part of butter. <laughs> Thanks for calling and clarifying that. We do have one more caller on the line I want to get in before the end of the show. We have Michael calling from Waveland about eating bacon. Are you eating bacon yeah. this morning, Michael? I'm sorry, what? You've been eating bacon this morning? I love bacon. Me too. Yeah, I, you know, I eat bacon... You know, like probably twice a week. But, you know, you see these cooking shows where they rave about bacon constantly. And I was just wondering, you know, if it's really good for you. I know heart-wise it may not be, but 
I'm just kind of curious to know the pros. I think they say it tastes good. I don't know if it's is bacon good for you. Bacon is just fat, and (laughs) it tastes so good. But depends on which bacon you're getting, and we all need to be careful with the nitrates, which you know cancer causing agents. So which bacon has? So it depends on which bacon you're getting. I know Applegate makes a good one, Um, but yeah, I mean it is just fat. So and it is. I mean you need a little bit of fat, but it's saturated fat. So I wouldn't say it's good for you, but you can have a little bit. It's a component of the diet. You don't have to totally stay away from it. But do avoid those nitrates. Yeah. Although I love a hot so, dog. I don't know. So they have nitrate for Nitrate-free bacon, basically. Wait, what was your question? I said look for a bacon. I look for a nitrate-free bacon if there's one out there. Yeah, I think. And look at a brand called Applegate. I like their... Applegate. Yeah. They're in the okay. organic section. All right. That sounds great. Okay. God's got to have his bacon. I mean, I get it. Yeah, we all have to have our bacon. Yeah, right. And you talked about nitrates, um, artificial colors. You hear a lot of people talking about stay stuff away like that. from them. Mm-hmm. Anything that has color, red color. I mean, anything that's man-made. It's so stay hard away to stay from. away from it. <laughs> it is, but they do have. If we ate real food, then we wouldn't have to worry about it. <laughs> right, right. Things that actually are red naturally. <laughs> yeah. So that's all that you and have to remember. it's surprising sometimes when you look at the label, what has artificial color in it. It's like, Everything. I wouldn't even think that it ha- would have to have artificial color I know. in it. And then I didn't realize, as a dietitian, I didn't know that my cream and mushroom soup had MSG in it. Oh, it does? Yeah. It's a flavor enhancer. That's what MSG is. So oh. no wonder I have a headache after I make my poppy seed. So the organic one does not, though. So just It makes sense. Know. Try to stay on this. I guess this is that macro diet people talk about to eat things that are real. Yeah. Eat real food. <laughs> That's a great thing that's, to, that's to end on. Food. That was like the ending blurb. That's what Laura Hartline, registered dietitian, says. Eat real food. Right. Don't eat right. processed food. Well, thank you so much for coming today. I, this was so informative. It, it helped me. I, I know our callers were excited to hear about it. Thanks for braving the snow. Okay? Thank you so much for inviting me. I had so much fun. Awesome. So today's Southern Remedy was produced and engineered by Jay White, who I think was also our call screener. Were you? I kept seeing him reach over there. Goodness gracious, snow day, y'all. I'm Dr. Allie Brown. Join us next Friday at 11 for Southern Remedy for Women. And stay tuned. NPR's Here and Now is next on MPB Think Radio. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting.